Welcome to Please Rewind. This is the podcast where we review classic films chosen by you. And it's hosted by Steve Dunk and me, Jeremy Dove. So let's get to it. Here's Steve. Happy New Year, Jer. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Woo! Uh, Here we are. So nothing we changed are. but the calendar. Uh, um, are you a New Year's resolution guy? No. 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 No, not anymore. I used to be, but um I don't yeah, I, yeah. You know what? I've it's just it's just it nothing's changed but the calendar. This is exactly what you said. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, it's it's funny though how we get into these. I think we talked about it last one too, though, even though we're like that's how that's how you know the Christians won because we use the Gregorian calendar, which is <laughs> which is a terrible calendar. Um it's not even correct it's so incorrect that we they have to have like leap years and fucking like all these stupid things but um it's not it's it doesn't even follow like the universe but um the laws well, of the unit well is there a more accurate calendar yeah or? i can't remember what it's called but it's it gets put forth once in a while when people are get tired of leap leap things and and time savings and whatever else but well, let's uh, do it let's do it um jeremy that would decimate the calendar industry um uh yeah it's it, it so anyways because we're slaves to these to this 12 month cycle it just feels like by the end of the year you're tired you're feeling it and now it's the beginning of the year so i just found out that like the term blue monday refers to january 15th which is apparently the most depressing day of the year oh i always heard it was february Uh, i i could have swore i read january okay january 15th um January 2nd was my guess because somebody asked me what my guess would be. And I said, I don't, because that makes sense, right? You're going back to work, back to school. Yeah. Holidays are over. It's back to reality. But no, for some reason, it's the 15th. And that for all kind of the same reasons, the weight of the holidays are financially are starting to, the, like the bills are showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cold as fuck out, all these different things. So yeah, it's like the January blues. So, um, which is why so many Canadians travel like this time of year. But um uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I didn't make a resolution, but I, yeah, we were just talking. I just said, you know, I'm gonna definitely want to try and maybe um, go on a little one or two solo adventures this year, right? Go try and get out, and do some stuff. And I used to do that when I was younger. I don't do that anymore. It's been a while. Do a little exploring. Yeah, get out there and do a bit of exploring. So <laughs> try some of that stuff. But um, it. Uh, yeah, so the theme. So we're back, anyways. We took a little break. The holidays. Welcome were, back. We were shitty for me, anyways, and you. I know you. You were sick. You, My kids were sick. Kids were sick. It was Lots sort of, of a bust. Yeah, it was. Oh, it's going around. Whatever it is. So, um, take care of yourselves out there. Be healthy. Awkward. Of- My my flu shot from last year is still working because I keep putting mine off this year. I'm good. I'm good. Thank You're good. God. That way. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's amazing with your. I know folks with little kids are just always sick. But, oh, God, um, yeah. No, they yeah. bring it home. They're constantly sick. They've been sick constantly this this year, too. So anyway, yeah. Thank goodness I'm okay. But um, and, and thank goodness you finally recovered. Our, our All our all our holiday plans were completely blown out. And uh, I didn't get to see my family. I didn't yeah. see you. I didn't do anything. Yeah. So anyways, we'll, we'll sort it out. But um, but it is uh, <clears throat> it is award season, though. And yes. um I'm an award season nerd. I, I follow them all, even these small little circuit ones that no one's ever heard of. What did you think of the Golden Globes this year? I um it's like I posted on Facebook that you know, when you follow along with this award circuit, they get very predictable. Mm-hmm. Um so all the all of the things that won have been winning. 
So there wasn't, yep. a, so there wasn't like mostly, so there wasn't any surprises okay. um, and expect that to continue into the Oscars. So um, of course the Golden Globes are different, a little different, a little more fun, obviously for different reasons. Um, there's drinking involved. So there's, there's a chance for sort of something zany to happen. Um, there's more categories, right? The films are the, the main films and the actors awards are separated into dramas and then comedy musicals. So there's just more people nominated. Um, so that's a little more fun. Um, I liked, um, I liked, uh, it was, it was a good thing. Cause uh, Christopher Nolan, his first time he's ever won, which seems crazy. Right. Um, so he's going to win the Oscar for sure, which will be, which will be great for him. Um, as expected, Oppenheimer won pretty much everything they were nominated in. They, you know, including all the male actors won, um, you know, Killian Murphy and uh, Robert Downey Jr. won, which, um, I mean, pretty well deserved. I <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's a good yeah, movie. It, they did it, good work. It's a really, I mean, listen, you may not like it, and we're going to talk about this with the films today, but mm-hmm. you may not like the film, but mm. this is all the mechanisms of movie making firing like at their highest level. Yeah, it's right. Good, like it's, it's, it's just a, it's just a fucking really well made motion picture mm-hmm. um so you know from the top down so i have huge questions about the character of you know the protagonist <laughs> the the subject matter of the film i have huge questions you know about um about his portrayal and about the intentions behind uh the way he's portrayed but none of that none of that detracts from the quality of that movie it's a fucking great movie yeah i mean that's one of those things where I mean, I don't feel like so no one has said like I've watched a lot of stuff about this film. Um, No one has said it's he didn't leave anything open to interpretation just because it would be impossible because there's so much written about him. Like there's not a lot we don't know about this man. Right, right, right. Um, And also he didn't like put in a lot of like there was no uh, wowzer moments he cuz he feels just the event the 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 occurrences themselves are stand on their own two feet right so like the drama of what was happening was more than enough <laughs> he doesn't need to manufacture any drama so i mean I, like you know there was some scenes that he's he's already any he, it's based on a book you know um more or less and you know he, there was some scenes you know especially the one with him and you know the president you know with the president kicks him out of the office, right? And makes fun right. of him or whatever. And like, there was some stuff that obviously, you know, I don't think people were a little not sure about, but, um, uh, and there was a bit of fill in the blanks with some of the stuff, just especially during his communist years. But, um, I mean, these are these, like, you have to think like, these are people who have access to everything, right? There's nothing, there's no door closed to them when they're making these types of films at this level. Right. Um, so whatever's on the screen is, is exactly what they want to be on the screen. Yes. So at that point, the movie making process becomes almost mechanical. It becomes something, it becomes something that you can judge, right? That isn't just, you know, like, oh, it's art, it's subjective. Sure. But when you're making films at this level, it almost, it doesn't become subjective, right? Because like, there's no, there's no questioning 
the talent here. There's no questioning right. the ex the execution, right? You can't. You just I don't I don't believe that you can when you're making films at this level. Again, it may not be your cup of tea. You may not enjoy biopics. You might not like you know whatever. Like mm -hmm. you may not have liked the fact that they didn't show the bombs or focus on the job. Sure, you might have done all that. Sure, but you know intent is everything. And when you have when you're making films at this level and you have access to absolutely everything, and he, he can choose any actor he wants, any writer, any photographer anything right so um it, much like the folks we're going to talk about here in a minute so it's it becomes to me objectively a, just a really great film that you either just personally don't like or right like maybe you yeah. like, maybe you like comedies more or whatever you know yeah. what I'm trying to say. so maybe the continuity was a little too much for you to follow in the in the case of this one i I could give some people that but you it's know, an it's adult not, film it's, it's not like tenet it's not like it's it's, it's that yeah you know complex it's it it does tell itself in a way that you can follow that makes sense that is a, a cohesive story and i think it's funny because yeah like this is and then for nolan i you know this is isn't this is a true thing so i feel right. like that probably reined him in a bit right because normally sure. normally my issue him that way yeah. yeah my issues with him are always the script um right. not not the execute like not the the, the mechanics of making a feed shoots a beautiful film obviously right he's just no doubt a bit like the guy can make a fucking movie but um yeah it's either he he's he's usually amoral in his in his scripts and and it's always kind of like yeah ten and i still don't know what the fuck happened in Tenet. so that's, um, a, that's an insane movie like it's insane that he thought people were gonna get that movie the way he does. <laughs> that's what i mean he, this is like he, he's making films on a level which i mean it, you it's know just I, for him at this kind point, of point, yeah at that but, point yeah he had to come down a little bit <laughs> i i was watching you know a cast interview and and matt damon who had, was filming before i started work on the film before Downey did and right. Like the it was like the first day or or something like that at Downey was on set or he showed up the day before or whatever and he was talking to Matt Damon and Matt Damon is telling this story and he's just and he's just no Downey is telling the story and he's like Damon comes up to me and we're chatting and da 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 and he just said he's like he just told me he goes you were he goes I guarantee you right now you're gonna love it this will be the favorite your favorite movie experience you ever he goes everything happens in front of the camera and like that's movie talk for um not like very little post-production as far as like right. effects go um uh all the work as far as like script work goes working at character work anything like that it happens live again right. tech, in front of the, like there's not a lot happening you know in trailers in post pre-production stuff like that and that's like right. a director an actor's director right so um kind of interesting but anyways yeah it uh it was good. Um, uh, you know, I, I know people hated the comedian guy who get, was thrown in last minute and the, the monologue pissed, kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, tough to beat. Like, it's tough. That's a tough gig, especially last minute. Mm -hmm. And it depends who read it. I mean, the reason, like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were really great, but they had great writers. Ricky Gervais was really great because they had great, he had great, he had a great writer, including himself. So, you know, there's, there's, it's a, it's a tough gig. Um, yeah, that, would, that one start going hostless. Or, I think so too. Or, I, or, or, or just yep. take away the comedy element yep. from the hosting. Um, the new or, award that Barbie produced won. pieces. Yeah, the new award this year that Barbie won was the box office achievement one. Um, right. And yeah, Barbie took that one. But um, 
and then they, Barbie won for the uh, best song to Billie Eilish one. But um, Barbie shut out pretty much. Other than those two things, um, and uh, yeah, it was good. Anyways, I'm into it. <laughs> I, fo- I follow all the awards. I'm into it. So, anyways, watching it and uh, gave me the idea. I'm like, let's leading up to the Oscars, let's do some episodes where we go back and look at past best picture winners. Past best pictures. Of, of course, twenty years or older. Sticking to the same rules here. Um, and uh, you know, the first six I threw up there was arbitrary. So what I did was I just went to the 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 closest one to date so 2003 mm-hmm. and then just went 10 years back for each one right. so i'll mix it up each time and already next time we've already got a request for braveheart so that'll be on the list but um so i just went 10 years back oh, so if you're man, wondering why these these dates uh seemed arbitrary um there was a bit of method to my madness so mm. anyways um let's get to it if you're ready um up first yeah let's do it uh yeah this is gonna be fun to talk about these only because again we're talking about filmmaking at the highest level so it's like who am i to tell who i personally think is the greatest director of all time how to direct movies but um schindler's list schindler's release date december 15th 1993 christmas movie um Directed by, of course, by Steven Spielberg. Um, screenplay by Steven Zalian. Um, starring, of course, Liam Neeson, Ben Kingsley, Ray Fiennes, Carolyn Goodall. Music by John Williams, uh, you know, Spielberg's buddy. Uh, made $322 million on a $22 million budget. Um, pretty good, right? And, Not bad. Not bad. Uh, and that was uh, fourth that year. Mm-hmm. Um Especially and, when you consider that the studio balked at making it, and he had to make Jurassic Park. Well, that's in, in order to yeah. in order to say, look, we'll make money with this movie because we might lose money with the Holocaust movie, right? And then the Holocaust movie just made a lot of fucking money. So that made, I mean, yeah. that just profited a ton of money, right? Twenty-two million to three twenty-two. That's made, it made three hundred million dollars, which is incredible. But, but yeah, in the year that Jurassic Park comes out and makes almost a billion. Uh, you know it's probably made a billion since with re-releases and stuff um i'm just gonna call it i mean i that's is that's got to be the greatest year a director's ever had it's got to be steven spielberg the king then in in 1993 office no that year i mean that's the best year a director's had yeah right yeah Schindler's list wins every award profits and then Jurassic Park changes everything yeah and made a billion dollars and made a billion dollars and basically like set a new bar like everything was changed. that not the first billion i'd have to look that up that's probably one of the first billion dollar movies um it was a rare it was i'm sure it was one of the first for sure um yeah and like change like the, the, that was the first use of, like there's all these documentaries if you know but like the first use of that specific cgi that was invented by uh cameron the guy's name it was a star wars guy who mm-hmm. went off on his own and he was you know there's that famous documentary clip of them like calling you know him I, remember, I can't remember his name. It's driving me crazy. White hair, crazy looking guy. Anyways, like calls Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy and says, why don't you come take a look at what I've got here? And they, because sh- because at first they were going to use all animatronics strictly. Right. For the dinosaurs. Right. Right. Because computer technology has, this was the dawn of this shit. We forget that. Right. And, the, you know, they, they bring Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy into his office and, uh, he shows them his version of a T-Rex running. Right. And like when you see Kennedy talk about it and Spielberg, it was like, I don't know, pick 
compare it to something like a somebody, religious moment, a religious experience. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Or like, the you know, I was trying to think of a time someone the first time someone saw like what would be a great invention, like something. I don't know, like the, the, the I whatever. Um, first time somebody saw a light bulb. Light sure, yeah. Right. Or yeah. So like pretty incredible moment. So that so this movie does that brings that to the masses and is I mean, just one of the biggest properties of all time. But anyways, um, so yeah, I'm just going to say it. that's probably the best year a director's had. Um, so that's two milestones are, are um, historic. Year at, I don't know, two things that we've identified. <laughs> 1984, probably the greatest year of, for film ever. <laughs> right. And 1983, maybe the best year a director's ever had, uh, Steven Spielberg. 93, yeah. Yep. I think so. Yep. Uh, um, so... Anyway, so we're we're talking about awards here. We're talking about best picture. So yeah, it um, Schindler, back to Schindler's List. Sorry, Schindler's um, List. nominated twelve times, won seven, including best picture uh, and best director. Yeah, Steven Spielberg's first Oscar. Yeah, um, I went back and rewatched his acceptance speech. Um, obviously emotional, and it's funny he has a line about where he says a lot of my friends have won these you know yeah uh he, he goes but he goes this he it, it was some it was some um uh thing that he had where he he would refuse to even touch one so he says that was the first time he'd actually held one was on right oh uh, he refused to hold, held other people's that's right he got his own yeah, that's wow. right oh wow um so yeah so it, it won yeah seven awards it won a bunch of awards um seven to twelve um no acting awards though um tom hey so Tom, so best actor nominations were Daniel Day Lewis for Name of the Father, great. Tom Hanks for Philadelphia, who won. Liam Neeson, of course. Lawrence Fishburne for Do the Right Thing. Anthony Hopkins for Remains of the Day, like pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, it's like, I mean, Daniel Day Lewis was really fucking good in uh, Name of the Father. Yeah. Um, so I'm just saying, like, I, I feel, and Tom Hanks, of course, just does that all-time thing in Philadelphia, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, Ray Fiennes doesn't win for Best Supporting Actor, even though he's nominated. Tommy Lee Jones wins for The Fugitive. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Fugitive was nominated a bunch of times that year. Ended up on yeah. a ton, a year, like, it was, and it's, I we all love The Fugitive, right? Fun, yeah. fun movie, but, like, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, Ray Fiennes like as as uh oh god as oh. as goth the, the commandant the commandant yeah Maybe something goth or goth something gert, gert or something uh, like i don't know i listen tommy lee jones is fine and in, in the fugitive of course right like it's fun film and like it's well made it hangs together um they keep it like held together so well but mm-hmm. that ray fine's performance i don't know i feel like he should have won that one but he's, um he's like sexual on the screen like he's like I honestly was a little concerned about how, like how sexy they make the Nazis in this movie. Like they, they, they really, they really show them in a glamorized. Oh yeah. Form, right. Right. And well, it's, yep. Especially the beginning when, when Oscar's going around, like setting up his scheme. Right. Yeah, and he's part yeah, oh, of oh, the opening of the film for sure. Yeah. Like, when, he, when he's like partying with them all. And it, like, it, it yeah. honestly made me wonder if this is where Kanye got it in his head that Nazis were like so hot and, and that the, the best style and like. Sure. Was, and like watching something like this, I was like, I'm wondering if like 
<laughs> but that's a random uh, thing. But but I and then I and then I was I was listening to some you know making of facts and the, and the, and I heard that there was some debate about whether they were going to really actually do it in black and white because there was some executives expressed concern that yeah. they they yeah. might end up stylizing yeah the Nazis by shooting them this way and I. I feel like it it did happen a little bit. And I it don't know. It still that... happened a bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um and the th and the funny part is uh well this is sort of like um this movie there's not a lot of criticisms out there about it. Like the Jewish leagues all love it. And like mm. the, some came from the guy the director of Shoah though, which people don't know that. It's it's a 9-hour documentary about um Jewish folks who who survived um you know the the final solution who survived who survived camps it's in it was made in the 80s it's probably more famous for Siskel and Ebert it's like one of their favorite movies of all time um it's nine hours long though it's it's a thing I've seen half of it I couldn't even get through to nine hours because first of all it's really depressing um he didn't like the fact that Spielberg focused so much attention on the Germans right yeah he didn't he didn't like that part but it's funny though when he, I was listening something recently with Taika Waititi was talking about he was doing an interview for uh what was what was that soccer movie that just came out that he did the rugby one or whatever and um somebody was just sort of like going over his career and talked about Jojo Rabbit and and you know making satire of that of the Nazis and he's like he was really funny. He's like, yeah, well, they're ridiculous, right? Like their uniforms. He's like, who puts skulls and crossbones on their uniforms? <laughs> like right. he was laughing at how flamboyant they were, how ridiculous their 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 uniforms were, right? Like right. he's like, they looked ridiculous. Who would do that, right? Like it's right. so. On one hand, it is ridiculous, but um, at the same time, yeah, it's there's there's definitely a bit of, if not, um, if not like. Not he's not Spielberg isn't ingratiating them to us, but he's there's definitely sort of this thing, and I think it's only just from because it works so well as a juxtaposition to when they do horrible shit. But yeah, to to he, I'll say it for lack of a better word, humanizes humanizing them a little bit, right? Sure. Like to me, my favorite scene in the movie is when Goth and Oscar are having this chat. Yeah. And it's just two guys having a drink, talking about their day, expressing yeah. frustrations with their jobs, right? Yeah. Forget what their jobs happen to be, <laughs> right? For the yeah. second, because they don't even really talk about the specifics of it. They're just like, uh, Goth is talking about, remember, he's talking about how like he's running through all the numbers of running a camp, yeah. right? Like building, engineering, codes, yeah. 15,000 pounds of cement, da 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 da. He's yeah. like, it's just two dudes at the end of a workday, exhausted, yeah. talking about their shitty jobs having yep. a drink right yep. and it could just be any two guys anywhere in the world at a bar right like yep. having this conversation and then after and goth has this great line he, he's like he you know he remember he uh oscar kind of lets him go for a minute right because he's setting him up right he's baiting him but he just lets him go and he goes he's like and then at one point he's like i'm telling you you want to shoot someone <laughs> yeah yeah and, and in the previous scene he shot a bunch of people shot, well yeah. he shot shoots the engineer in the head yeah. who's yeah. The, you know talking to all the things he's just talking about yeah. like it's so it's funny right like yes. it's fucking funny and it's insane and it's like that's what i mean that's what he does he he makes spielberg is you know showing like i don't he's not creating sympathy for goth obviously because, no because the because that's never well that's away. serene that scene is bookended with horrible things that he's doing right um but it's like at the same time it's just like 
he's this movie is really good at that of showing um the mechanics of carrying out something like as awful as this um like even the get the clearing the ghetto scene we yeah. see every bit of it even yeah. from like even the crazy scenes like you know when they're like they have the um is it is a stethoscope where they're listening yeah Right, they're, they're listening to the roof above them for people hiding in. Right in, when they when they go in after at night, like that yeah. scene. These and and the scene with him talking with, like I said, with Oscar, like all these like scenes we see and we're seeing the machinations and how this Stuff thing works going on in Gaza right now. The, right, the gears of war, right? Like the 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 sausage is made type of thing. We're seeing all yep. this stuff. He's showing it to us because he doesn't yeah. want to leave any stone unturned. Yeah. Um, like that's the detail is shocking. And I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Yeah. And it's shocking. You, you, you still. can't not be shocked by this. Yeah. Movie, no. It's no. it's shocking to me the details in this film. Yeah. Like in how like it's a like it this is what I was just talking about earlier, but like you may you may not, not like the subject matter. You you know might maybe turn your nose up at the black and white. This is a f- really fucking well-made film. Like this oh, is <laughs> like this is like this is like filmmaking at unbelievable at its highest level. And this Unbelievable, is, but it's it, hard to enjoy still because of the weight oh, of the material. It's so hard to watch. It's and, hard to enjoy. And like one and of the there, greatest movies ever made, it's hard, hard to watch. And there's so much. It, the thing that I it was affecting me was there's so many horrible things that happen that you forget them all. And so I found that when I was watching it again, I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot about that part." Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's just yeah. like it's just like bad stuff happening all the time and it's like yeah it's like i said and and this is and and spielberg at this point is you know like sort of nolan now where like he's got the guys that he uses all the time like he uses his he's got the one um director of photography um uh i'm gonna say it's it's janice kabitsky or whatever he's he's worked on like 90 percent of spielberg's film this is director of photography um same guy he gets to handpick his he, he handpicks his people he gets exactly who he wants like and just makes these and just turns this thing out. And obviously it's personal to him. We all know it because he's Jewish and it's mom. Like we get all that. Um, but like it's just an, it's just so well made. It's got it's, John Williams, who actually won John Williams. Best, best score this year, too. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um well he didn't win. Yeah. Well, he hasn't won he yet. No, it was uh um I thought no, the guy who did Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. It's good. He's the Star Mandalorian kid who scored the Mandalorian. Um, he's got that weird name. It was uh no, no for the Oppenheimer guy won for Schindler's List. Oh, sorry, I thought when you said this. Sorry, sorry, when you said this year, I thought you meant like this year. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um. Yeah, no, he gets to like, you know, when you're Spielberg, you get you get to pick whatever you want. So yeah, you just do this shit and like, um, yeah, like he won, you know. So director, this is just the uh, Oscars I'm talking about, you know, picture director, adapted screenplay, original score, editing, best d- director of photography, like I just said, best art direction, like it just it just goes on and on. And this film it holds up so well too because number one, there's just not a lot of um, effects involved right you didn't right. so like usually what dates a film is effects right? right right um there's not there's not enough in here for it to matter and it 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 really plays like a documentary so many times that documentaries just are you know just sort of let stand the test of time so mm-hmm. this this film just still holds up really well but 
amazingly. It, it's funny though, because like it, it the awards that it wins comes across like a big pick, big budget, like action movie, right? Because right. it doesn't win, it went even though it won art direction, but it doesn't doesn't win any doesn't it never wins any acting awards, right? Right. It, it's like it doesn't it the it it acts more like a big budget action film. It really was a popular film, like it. it oh, it was, it's it's in the zeitgeist. It was remember it was the a, remember the, yeah. the Seinfeld's bit, like it's yeah. the right where they where they're laughing or whatever, like they. Um, but, but as dark and horrible as the as the subject matter is. And as serious as this film is, it really was as popular as the big popcorn movie that year, right? Yeah, yeah. It really felt like the, it was that year, that year's big popcorn movie in a lot of ways. Except for uh, Jurassic Park, of course, was a billion dollar movie, but like people treated it that way, talked about it that way, and it was, yeah. I remember feeling like it was weird, and I still do. But um, it's such a great movie. It's such a great movie, but I don't know. Like, I like it's a quick, interesting time of year too, right? Oh, December fifteenth, right? Comes out at Christmas, yeah. Um, which is a Christ, just for the Christian holiday, not. And then, of course, you know, big time of the year for 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 Jews as well, right? So, yeah. um, you know, interesting time of year to come out. I mean, he no, I mean, he dominated the year. I mean, with Jurassic Park of the summer, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But I mean, I you know, it's you're right. It, it, it's it feels. Like it, it acts bigger than its budget. Yeah, I think it would win Best Picture today if it came out. Like it doesn't just hold up. Like it's it, it's still it's like, an all it's 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 not like if, when you go back and look timeless. At, when you go back and look at like some of the Best Picture winners, you're like, man, I don't know, <laughs> just right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you're like, yeah, that didn't last, right? That didn't have a lasting impact. Yeah, this is an all one of the all time. Like, if you were to type in best pictures of all time, I'm sure it's in the top whatever somewhere. I don't know what That'd it be. is. Where, it's up there, right? So, yeah, no, this you're right. This this will stand the test of time. It's 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 everlasting. It's it it hits for for all the you know reasons that you want a film like this to stick around, right? Like, of course, it's got all the fun stuff with Spielberg winning his first Oscar for it, so that's always going to make it stand out a little bit. Um, but the money, the importance, and 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 they're just really, you know, it, it's. I'd have to go look, but I mean, I just feel like it's probably the biggest example of a big time Hollywood director, maybe since Coppola and Apocalypse Now, tackling something real, number yeah, right, and important, yeah. Um, and especially, especially important in a way in Western culture that is still obviously very, very resonant today, yeah. um, right? Like Jews in America is always a thing, right? It's a touchy subject. So for that to play so well um, in the West is yeah. remarkable, cool. right? Yep. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't like I said, I don't it's it's I'm not going to, you know, it's I'm kind of finished. But yeah, but it's it's funny how the it, it does get shut out for the actors like Liam Neeson doesn't win. Ben Kingsley doesn't even really get nominated, which is a shame. Um, uh, and, and Ray Fiennes. I mean, they won a few awards here and there, but the big they they pretty much got shut out um, and Ray Fiennes yeah. doesn't win. But uh, it's the one quick, you know, sort of anecdotal part of it too. If you know, if you did any research, like the real girl who played 
you know, young Gorth Goth's housemaid. Helen Hirsch. Yep. Helen Hirsch, like the real one, met Ray Fiennes and was like afraid, afraid because yeah, yeah. he looks so much like him. He looks so much person. like him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So pretty insane, but um, yeah, emotional still, right? It's it's oh for sure. I cried. Uh, I got emotional at the end, and yep. you know this the famous scene where he, you know he has a breakdown and um. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, it's, it stands, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I really don't have much to say. It's just, it's just one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a please rewind for Steve, I can assume. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. Um, you know, if you finish it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. Okay. Great. Yep. Well, um, you know, I'm right there with you. Um, definitely. Um, rewatching this film was, uh, you know, um, a pleasure and a pain, of course. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a heavy thing to be watching this stuff and understand that it really happened, mm-hmm. and 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 to that it doesn't feel so detached from our reality at all. You know, um, I I know I have a great um, grandmother who uh, was was killed by the Nazis. Mm. Um, uh, for being on a, a list of Jewish people in her town, um, everybody was round up and shot in the square. It was a famous thing. I just found out about this last year. Um, it all like it's not very far back in our history. Uh, so many of us are are very connected to it still, and uh, and and it feels like it it threatens to repeat itself even today. Even though we all grew up being reminded of of this horror um educated about it and and warned um it feels like we're constantly on the brink of going back there possibly somehow in some way in some part of the world at some point um and at every point um oscar schindler i just looked it up uh this fact this this data is from 2017 there were 8000 people alive who were descendants of the people he saved um, like today, alive today, you mean? In in 2017, yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a lot. Sorry, more how today. many? Eight thousand. Eight thousand yeah. left from descendants of descendants of Schindler's the original list. the original 1200. Yeah, yeah, okay. 1200 he saved. Uh, Eight thousand descendants today. So like, I mean, a couple of generations from now, that's <laughs> I mean, like this guy had a huge impact on the world, right? Um, uh, impressions uh, of this film again you know we've both said it's a it's a masterpiece um it beyond holds up the the decision to film it in black and white gives it a timelessness it it feels like a film from the 40s um uh, you know it feels like casablanca uh, yeah quite quite often well the shot especially the the lighting and the shadowing especially of schindler's face early on where it's always half yep. lit like yep. that that looks like castle yeah you're right yep the cinematography, though the pacing, yeah. even the scoring, like John Williams is right there with that '40s uh, feeling score. Um, uh, it doesn't even feel it doesn't even feel like a John Williams like uh, score to me, uh, unless it, when I'm watching the movie. But um, you're right; it's it's it, it, yeah, it's totally true because we're we're it doesn't have the the big crescendos, right? Like the yeah. like the the Indiana yeah. Jones or whatever. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, or, yeah. or even. The themes, right? Like the like the hooks, right? Yeah, it's, it's right. More it's sad, atmosphere, more atmospheric, <laughs> and yeah, moody than yeah. than anything else he's ever done. I think. Yeah, yeah, yep. that I'm that I'm aware of. Anyway, um, 
So, uh, uh, yeah, you're watching this film, you you feel a sense of solemnity, or I hope you do. Um, and, uh, and and if you're appraising it on a filmmaking um, level, like it's it's the highest, it's the highest level. Um, and um, you know, if you're thinking about uh, its relationship to reality, uh, it's the heaviest, it's the heaviest uh, <laughs> subject matter you could ponder. So. Um, it's a whopper. It's a whopper. Um, and uh, my experience of it came just after finishing Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that yet. I have. Yep. Um, but I felt like, wow, this vibe and and even this story structure and even a lot of elements of the story, very, very reminiscent. So um, I was not surprised to learn in in some of my research after watching Schindler's List again that uh, Martin Scorsese was supposed to direct this because um, it feels like a Scorsese film quite often, I feel like. Um, it, it, it feels like his storytelling style. And, and his writer was the main writer of the uh, script. I, I heard that too. I read that too. Um uh yeah well it's based there's a book somebody handed spielberg yep. to right like yep. he, that was written in 1980 yeah uh, called uh schindler's arc i believe right. um and then the screenplay was 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 worked by worked on by multiple people but um mostly by i forget the name of martin scorsese's uh favorite writer or a writer that he uses a lot okay um did a lot of scorsese uh screenplays anyway um so, uh, yeah, uh, Spielberg uh, had this in production for 10 years, put it off, uh, didn't feel ready to do it um, when he first signed on to do it, and then tried to get another director to do it. Uh, Roman Polanski uh, w- was approached. He actually lived in Krakow. Mm. Um, so he had a, like a very personal attachment to it. Never, of course, didn't end up doing it, of course, but um, also Scorsese. And then Spielberg uh, decided he wanted to do it and traded him for the Cape Fear remake. He said, uh, instead of you doing um, Schindler's List and, and me doing Cape, the Cape Fear remake, you want to swap. And uh, Scorsese agreed to that. Um, I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so I didn't like Cape Fear. Did you like Cape Fear? No, not Cape at all. Fear. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I don't even like the original. Yeah. yeah. No. No, that, not a thing that ever, yeah, yeah. was never interested me. But um uh, I love Killers of the Flower Moon, by the way. Uh, I haven't enjoyed uh, De Niro, DiCaprio, and Scorsese together like that in a long time. So, mm. um, I don't know how you felt about it, but uh, it felt like a chore to me. I, I was, really? I was, yeah. I just, it just, I was. Uh, um, I think I'm interested in the story. I've already sort yeah. of looked up ordering a couple of books on the actual uh, yeah. atrocity. I think I'm more, inter- yeah, I'm, I'm more interested in that. I mean, that it got me interested in learning more about that, but. Um, it, I just I was, I, I, I was I was riveted by the performance. I like I felt like like the, also DiCaprio being an idiot for three hours is yeah. it's kind of tough. But, uh, there was yeah. no I, I felt like there wasn't much of a script. I felt like there was a lot of ad libbing. Like this is what we're gonna do in this scene, and you guys just figure out what the words are because a lot of the dialogue was just line what uh, repeat line what uh, right. repeat line third time. Like that happened in like every conversation. Um, and it just it just felt like DiCaprio and De Niro were De Niro were just like workshopping with each other and they were just filming it and just keeping the good parts a lot. I, 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 but 
I was riveted. I, I swear. I, and I, it took me like three days to watch it. I watched it in like half an hour increments. But in between, I kept thinking back to it and looking forward to going back to it. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I think maybe I'm going to be entering a Scorsese phase. But I wanted to mention like the ending where Scorsese's, Scorsese shows up and reads uh, Molly's obituary. Mm-hmm. I felt that so poignant. He was, I was moved by that. I was like, damn, Martin. Um, I kind of felt like he was standing up and saying, look, this is the reason I made this movie to honor this woman's life. Cause uh, you know, um, she went through all this and then she like, she died and there was no mention of the murders in her obituary either, even and she died at age 50 from her diabetes. And yep. you know, the, this guy, Bill Hale went on to live to, into his eighties and die comfortably with his wife at home because he got out of jail after, you know, um, a couple of decades by apparently paying some people off or whatever. Um, so Scorsese making that film was kind of like uh, his personal justice for her. I love that. Anyway, felt poignant to me. But back to Schindler's List. Uh, uh, what more do I want to say about it? Yeah, um, a little bit weirded out by the stylization, but also like uh, this is a movie that makes you uncomfortable and also an amazing film. And the stylization was amazing. And so the fact that it made me uncomfortable felt uh, intentional. Like um, you're, oh like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. You, you mentioned the juxtaposition, and I felt like, well, that's the intention here. Yeah. We're seeing, we're seeing yeah. the high, the highest levels of Nazi society, the people who benefited the most from all of this evil, and and just and witnessing them doing that, right? Um, it it's and what's then just it, juxtaposing it against. This yeah, thing. but what's funny too is actually it works really fucking well as like a as a as like a mystery, like because Oscar's playing this role the entire time, right? Because he can't slip up once. Mm-hmm. He can't let his um, affinity for the Jews show at all. Yeah. Right. Then the whole gig is up. He's dead. So he's, he's a mole. He's playing He's undercover this entire time. And he's some, and he's, and he's surrounding himself with people who he fucking loathes. Right. But don't you feel like he had an arc? Don't you feel like at first he, it wasn't about, any kind of empathy for the for the Jews? I, I know that's kind like of what they want us to think. But at first, he said he was there all about making money. Yeah. He decided to hire the Jews because they were the cheapest. Uh, they were cheaper than the Poles. And I felt like he got he he, he his character changed. He like he made all the money he could ever make, but and then he makes a, a monologue saying, "Yeah, the one thing that that I, I found was the secret to my success was the war." Like he admits he's an evil war profiteer. Like early on. Well, I know, but I think though, like I I think. You know, you're in that environment. This is this is a very much a nature nurture environment thing. I think you're born that way. Like I think he like born. I think he was born with empathy, and I think it. And I think it. it, I think it happened. I I think it happened quickly, only because it did happen quickly, right? Like the Jews are. I could see him like having affection for these people who who worked hard and made him a bunch of money. And and all they got out of it was well. There's a fine line between like a a profiteer and then seeing that, Mm. right? Like that's going to take its toll on most people for sure, right? Like he he might be fine with like you know kicking someone out of their house and taking over their right. Remember he 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 was one of the guys that took over right the houses. yeah, and that and that was another thing I was going to mention. But but yeah. the ghetto is a whole different thing, right? Like the camps are a totally different thing. Like that line for him, that line starts way further back than than you know the Nazis, most of the right. Nazis, of right? Course, of course. So like I I I hear what you're saying, but I think that was I think that was a little more built in than I think that maybe they want us to think. 
Okay. I think I think so. Yeah, yeah. I felt like, like I don't think he was as bad a person that even at the beginning than they want us to think. Sure. I don't know. I never thought he was a bad person. I just yeah. thought he was well, just a money guy. Yep. Just yeah, I, yeah. he was he, he was yeah. there to he was there to make his fortune. He was there to he was there to get famous and rich for yep. sure. And he and he made that clear. And then as the atrocities of the war grew worse. His empathy, uh, you know, started to emerge more. And I and I felt like there's an arc there, whether he was already an emp empathetic person at the beginning or not. Um, at, at first, he wasn't about saving people and risking his life. And then by the end, he became obsessed with saving people and risking his life for them. It seems that's the way they wanted to portray him anyway. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or it's just like, or listen, you can you can only take so much like yep. like I, that breakdown was part of also just like the, a human being being exposed to just the most barbaric shit yep. imaginable right yep. um i and i actually think it works better if if it is built in a bit more at the beginning like that's what i'm saying like to me it actually works better if it is sort of like also a sub mystery film too where he's this guy where like I'd love to like if, if if there was like a prequel or a book that came out where you know he's he's been, he was a plant the whole time, right, right. I, you know what I mean. I know that's I'm just I'm 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 uh, fan fictioning here. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think that would it would actually work better, even even better, um, if it was that. But anyways, yeah. Sorry. Well um okay well let's wrap up so we can get on to our next film but i mean i i, I could talk about this movie forever yeah uh, it was a you know quite an experience um re-watching it um glad i did uh got a lot out of it uh definitely please rewind yeah there's a ton of, of, of stuff about this film so if you're if, yeah. if anyone's out there and they haven't seen it or they have seen it like there's so much behind the scenes and stuff about this film it's all and it's all it's pretty uh you know whether you want like the world should watch this film, this movie again it that's where it's at right like yeah, if like yeah. like showa like it, yep. it's it's important it's it yep. needs to be watched and like he's spielberg has said that like at the time it was like he'd felt like the world was maybe forgetting yep or starting to and it's not something i've heard other people say this like that is something that's why like deniers are so are so problematic right right um because this is something things like this should not be forgotten oh no, cannot no right no, ever must, must ever must, right must, so must, must, you know if it takes a schindler's list type thing to come out every 20 years so be it but yeah so okay well uh lighting the mood a little bit a couple other facts i didn't mention that are fun um uh, uh the original actor who was supposed to play oscar schindler was harrison ford but he backed out of the role um he was concerned that uh uh, people would associate him too much with Indiana Jones and Star Wars, and 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 take a little bit of seriousness away from from the film. Um, mm. uh, uh, so when the search uh, began for the actor to play Oscar Schindler, um, actors who expressed interest and were turned down included um, Kevin Costner. And if you can believe, <laughs> if you can believe it, hold on for this one. Imagine. Mel, Gib Mel Gibson <laughs> wanted the role wanted the role sought it out was turned out can you imagine yeah Liam Neeson uh, relative unknown at the time was chosen uh, 
partly because he was relative unknown at the time. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Malkins. <laughs> Can you imagine it's like Spiel, Spielberg today? If oh yeah, looking back, yeah. Oh my god, it'd be like no Blake. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, too, that's hilarious. Um, Fun well, and yeah. list don't go together, but uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anyone's not sure why we're laughing, uh, maybe Google Bell Gibson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 And Jews. And Jews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mel Gibson. Um, what was the Spirit Awards when Mulvaney Mul- and uh, Nicole hosted it? And they're like, if anyone's wondering how, lo- how long it takes for Hollywood to get over uh, Jew-hating hate speech, eight years. <laughs> at, <laughs> the time, at the time, yeah, yeah, like yeah, eight yeah. Years, yeah, yeah. at the time. Eight years, yeah, because he'd just done something. But anyways, all right. Um, definitely light- lightening the mood a little bit, I guess. Um, so... Another big one. So, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, two thousand three, y'all. December, another December film. December seventeenth, two thousand three. So, almost ten years later, um, swept the Academy Awards that year. Well, it will. You, it, we will talk about that. Directed okay. by Peter Jackson, of course. Screenplay by Peter Jackson, Fran Walsh, um, Philippa Boyens, starring way too many fucking people to mention, but we'll talk a bit about them as we go along. Music by Howard Shore. Um, so another big, another big score, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyways, really quickly, by the way, I just looked up, um, the box office thing and, um, yeah, uh, Schindler's List was the first or sorry, Jurassic Park was the first, uh, Billy Dollar film. Right. Uh, 1993. Um, so anyways, Return of the King though, of course, a juggernaut actually, I, I, if you would have asked me before this, looking this, this specific number up. In my head, all three hit a billion, but just 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 this one. Um, the just the other ones were just short. But um, box office one point one five six billion dollars it made mm. on a ninety four million dollar budget. Mm. Um, Not bad. It, pretty good, right? It, but I mean, it, things have just gone so crazy since then. So domestically, it made th- only three hundred and eighty million dollars, which is crazy to me. That's wow. good enough. That's good enough for fifty third international 776 million dollars now that splits about right you know like 30 70 whatever that's kind of normal but 380 domestically isn't really that much is it um and that so the 776 million international was good for 27th all time as you mentioned the academy awards it went 11 for 11 yeah only only the third movie in history to do that with ben-hur and titanic tied for most of all time but and to sweep Two big movies there, obviously. Um, it's also the second series or trilogy ever besides Star Wars for all three to win Best Visual Effects at the Academy Awards. Um, it, of course, won Best Picture. It went up against Lost in Translation, if everyone remembers the Sofia Coppola. I our, dug that movie. Our but... first um, get out of here with that ass yeah. shot of uh, Scarlet. Remember the film opens? Yes, just yes. It's just like leering. At, that was at... the world's introduction to Scarlett Johansson. Sofia Coppola. And... Luckily, it was a female director, but clearly great a, soundtrack. A gay female director. And that great. That's a good soundtrack, too. But um, yeah, that was our the, I mean, shit. I mean, that was kind of a bit of a rebound for bill murray and yeah. uh, and the world's introduction to scarlett johansson so yeah. um master and commander the uh, well except for ghost world but go ahead right sorry russell crowe uh peter weir directed master and commander um which was nominated for a ton of awards that year mystic river clint eastwood of course uh and sea biscuit uh, the horse movie um so i don't know like he, 
easy to see Return of the King winning that year, <laughs> right? I mean, like, yeah. oh yeah, that, that's not a stacked. Yeah, those yeah, are fine. Stacked, fi- yeah. Those are fine films, but that's not stacked. Yeah. Um, Peter Jackson, of course, won Best Director, uh, and he went up against the, all those directors that I just mentioned, or for those films I just mentioned. The same directors were for Best Director. Peter Jackson won. That was his first win. Obviously, all three films were nominated for Best Picture, which is incredible, really. Um, and that was this was the only one that won Best Picture. Um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, huge film, right? I mean, yeah, even, even though it's, it's, um, you know, it's one of the rare, f- it might be the only fantasy film to win best picture. Um, it's, it's, it's funny how huge it is, but it still feels so niche to me. Mm. Uh, right like it just feels still nerdy to me it still feels even like listen you don't make oh, that it's much nerdy you don't make that much money without hitting all four quadrants right like everyone saw this film you just you don't make that much money without a lot of people seeing it sure. um so it, it obviously reached beyond like out uh, the nerd our group like uh, the tokian crowds obviously. it overachieved yeah um but they all made like when I even though they didn't make a billion, the, the other two were like eight were both around 900 each right like they still made yeah. an incredible amount of money um I think, but it 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 reaches beyond that core crowd. I just think because they're so fucking well done. Uh yeah. I really do. I like at the end of the day, it's just good storytelling. And I mean, listen, the Tokyo books are great. I mean, they're good, they're fun. But like you, they're not, you can't adapt them page for page. You would be, they would be the films would be 24 hours long, but um they're just well done. And I'm and they're casted right. I mean, like it's you. I, when I watch these movies and I still watch them, um, you know, once in a while, uh, like he, he, I still get the same sense of like, uh, I remember going to see them in the theater. I remember that wait, right? It was a year in between each one or whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember that wait. I remember sitting in the theater for the start of the next one and you're instantly back in that world and you just, you just like let out a, a sigh of relief, right? Because mm-hmm. you're back. And it's like, oh, it's 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 like, oh, it's nice to see these people again, <laughs> right? Like it, yeah. it create it's just there. And I think that's what people were doing, and that's why each film made more money each time, which is what a trilogy is supposed to do, ideally. But like, that's you know, people are like, I got to go back. I miss these people. I need to find out what happens, even if you didn't read the token books or not. So I, I think like these, it's just these films work so well. I think just because. Oddly enough, not for the, you know, way to workshop stuff, but for the human, for the performances, even though they didn't really get lauded, right? They weren't nominated, didn't win awards for the actors at all. This is like similar to, to Schindler's List, where it, it the awards it wins plays like a big, huge, epic adventure, which it was, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the stuff that works still is Vigo's performance, right? Mm-hmm. Is Aragorn. Mm-hmm. Is Eowyn is the like, ensemble? The ensemble works so well that that it, to me it carries these films so much, and I still get emotional. I still think Sam's an idiot. I still think like yeah. right. You know, you sent me something the other day about you know like the Rohirrim scene is still cooked. The it's, it's still the that thing at the end is like it's got to be goaded right. Like it's got to be the one of the best. Still, like, I don't know what the, what the trope is. Like, saves they didn't even save the day, but like Dude, the, that, the what's that? The saves no, but them specifically showing up 
Mm. What's that, what, whatever that trope is like saves the day trope or, you know, like reinforcements arrive trope, the cavalry, right? the cavalry, call, call the, the cavalry, whatever that trope is. And the, that, you know, when the horn goes and they all right. And you just yep. see like the whole thing, it, like you get goosebumps and you're emotional and it's so like, it's, it's goaded, right. For sure. Yep. That part, that part, which and is then it levels up and then well, it it's funny. Up, and then well, it levels up. Well, no, it doesn't to me. That's the worst part is that like it peaks there, that battle, like this big, huge battle, which is no, the, part... I, the battle has levels. The battle starts oh, at a certain it, point. Well, to me, it feels like, well, up, levels up, levels well, because it's so long. Yeah. Um, well, to no, me... First, it's a ground battle. It's infantry against orcs. And then it's orcs against the castle. And then the Rohirrim show up and it's it's infantry rescuing them but then the elephant show up <laughs> it's like it, uh, you know it's like bigger level threats keep happening in the past yeah and no, then, like that, and, then no. and then the nazgul show up right it's like no that yeah uh, that's the thing that we're here didn't save win the day no. right like if anything they just kept them alive long enough them, yeah until yeah. Aragorn shows up with with the uh, the cursed army, yeah. Who who really saves the day? For like, sure, they win the battle for them, right? Yeah, that's, like, that's yeah. This is when Aragorn becomes king. He saves the realms of men. That's right. Like the by, Rohan... going to, by going by right. going to talk an army of of the dead into uh, fulfilling their oath for him. Right. Uh, yeah, like it's epic and it's man Tolkien. No, I know, but that, but that, it, <laughs> but to me, because that Rohirrim scene is goaded, the rest mm. of the battle feels milk toast to me. Okay, like the, I don't find it exciting after the that. elephant, the Oliphant stuff doesn't blow you away. Still. It doesn't like, now because because the that, Mad Max because, level of art design in there. No, because the stop motion fucking shit is looks shitty now. Mm-hmm. Of what's his name, uh, Elf uh, uh, Legolas, Legolas, yeah, doing his. You know, ladder up the arrow around, and yeah, flipping yeah. around. It looks ridiculous. It's the weakest part. It's the weakest part. Basically. Yeah. So I mean, that's. It, but it's such a focus of what's happening. You, it takes me out. And then, like the ghosts, the cursed people are cool and fun, but like because they just show up and it feels rushed and they sweep through everybody. It's like, a wash. With yeah. No resistance at all. They're like a nuclear weapon. It feels like a bit of a letdown after to me the emotional high of the Rohirrim scene but anyways sure. um so and then the movie ends like 10 times after that so it's like right it's like but the de- but the death of Theoden uh, like oh there's so many moments in there no 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 it's full no listen it's a four-hour film and like it's full of shit but yeah, yeah. um it, but like the, You're the, right. the film just to me has this crescendo and then bl- bl- inches its way literally to the end like then I mean the very end where Sam finally walks into his place at the very end there. But um, um, yeah, it's like, I, I don't, you know, I, so that's what I mean. Like this, it's those, it's those emotional highs that, that keep this relevant for me, this film, these films in general, and why I will always watch them. Um, but like, there's some, like, there's some stuff that like kind of gets cringy a bit. I still don't, I'm still, I, and I, you know, still don't really like the the Sam Frodo journey. Well, that's Tolkien. Like that's like that's, no, I know. That's no, how I felt I about reading it. No, like, I know, I know. And <laughs> the good translation of a yeah t- like, of a tough read. <laughs> to be honest with you, I I and Fellowship is still my favorite film of the three. I like yeah. it 
when they separate is when I start to like these films less. Right. Um, like Helm's Deep to me doesn't hold up very well anymore. To me, it looks way too staged, and and Helm's Deep itself looks it looks like it's made from rubber and clay. Like it doesn't look uh, particularly. Uh, it doesn't. It's not effective for me, but. Um, and this film, like when the camera pulls back, you really notice the Weta workshop at work and you really see the computers working hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so that stuff sort of takes me out of it a little bit. Um, but like so much of it, but I'm willing to forgive that because everything else looks so fucking great. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Gondor looks amazing. Minas Tirith mm-hmm. looks great. Um, it, it, like it's it's so much of it and like just the rest of it looks so great i'm, I'm like that's fine that's i can i can live with that stuff but um but yeah that's that's what i'm drawn to still after all these years 20 years later is the human mm-hmm. element for sure more for than sure. The, more than the spectacle right um and um yeah i just i think you know and i think everyone most people have their preference probably but i think i like the fellowship better together for sure overall um, I still, to me, the Moria stuff in, in Fellowship is my favorite part of the whole trilogy, um, and that's and that's them together, and yeah. also just really effective. Like the scenes are amazing, and the you know the Kazadun is just to me still the best part of the trilogy. Um, I really, I, I really like, and I'd forgotten about it for some reason, but I, um, uh, I love the opening bits. Right, so in in in. Uh, this one we start with the birth of Gollum, mm-hmm. right? We see Smeagol, yep, murder his cousin for the ring, whose name is Deagle. Um, and I kept thinking, kind of laughing to myself, I'm like, like what if Deagle kept the ring? Yeah, <laughs> like, what, you, know, I kept, like, you know what I mean? I if fate had intervened and gone a different direction, I yeah, kept, yeah. think it was kind of funny to me, but. Uh, um i felt like that scene was purposely put in there to to make Gollum evil again because they they, they he, he got likable yeah he's yeah, kind yeah. of portrayed yeah. as as half yeah. and half right like yeah, yeah. and you're, you're supposed to feel conflicted about him uh and, and then and then in this movie he's definitely coming out as the villain and he has to be the villain so he, so you're they're letting the audience in on like uh you know he started out murderous for this thing and uh that's the way he's gonna end so yeah it comes out it makes you know at that point was um the second highest grossing film up next to titanic up to that point so so i mean that's shows you how you know it's only 20 years but you know think about uh how far it slipped since then but um you know it it it's you know, in line with, you know, the argument, I mean, this goes back to uh, Kevin Smith, right? Clerks. I mean, this is the argument, right? Mm. Like what's the greatest trilogy of all time. Right. Um, Like, and this is, and this is what we're talking about here, right? Like this, you know, and these, (laughs) like these films win, right? That's, you know, these, these are fantasy films, but they're so well-made that they just, you can't deny it. And you got to give it to them. I think, even though they're just not my favorite trilogy of all time. I I think you got to give it best greatest. I, I get, you know, it probably, yeah, whatever the metrics are. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, financially, it's third, you know, it's obviously Star Wars has made uh, the tri- the original trilogy with inflation, of course, it's made more. But, um, you know, it's, 
But is there any source material comparable? Like, I feel like it's got this, it's, it's, it's just a unique entity, right? Like, wh- like what else is there that's made for three movies? Um, well, there's, there, that's there's, on this level. Well, there's comparable bodies of work, but nothing that's transferred over to achieve success like this one, right? Like there's, like Rick Rowardin. I, th- I felt Rick like Rowardin. the films are equivalent to the literary uh, life of this work, though. I feel like the, this trilogy of books was like it's the one that everybody has in their house. It's the one. It's, it's yeah. the, oh, the yeah. cornerstone of modern fantasy. Right. And it, I feel like these films just took their place in film that honored the place of the books in literature. Like, I, I don't like- even think it's just fa- cornerstone of fantasy. I just, I think it's up there with like the literary greats. Sure. Like I yeah. think it's, it's mentioned right with, yep. with the all time great pieces of literary work. Like, For sure. Yeah. It's not. And, so it, it's got yeah. penetration in our psyche. Like before yeah. it's a movie, like, like, more than like nobody was waiting for star wars right like you could maybe make an argument that like subconsciously collectively audiences were waiting for something like star wars because they were coming through the 70s which was all like just that the films were a drag at the time right um so you could say like unknowingly you know the audiences were collectively waiting for something like star wars to come along but this felt to me like even though there was the animated Lord of the Rings film, right? That came up before these. Right. Um, this was like... A lot of people always wanted this. Yeah. And it just yeah. didn't... You know, I'm sure... It, you know, and, and it just probably felt like it was never going to happen. Right. And then along comes Peter Jackson and just happens to be this... The master filmmaker capable of doing so well at it. And it, it, and it holds up, I think you're going to say soon, right? Oh yeah, no. Oh, but oh yeah. Like my forget my whatever couple of nit nitpickings and stuff. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, of course. Oh yeah, it's it's still thoroughly enjoyable. It's not, and I don't, I don't even. And this feels like a film. All three of them. I've never sat and watched all three extended editions like back to back to back. I've yeah, never, I've never done that. That just feels like too long of a day. But uh, um, I I don't feel like this. These films to me feel or don't. F- I don't feel like I can casually watch these films. Like there's some films like if I'm going to watch, I'm going to sit down and watch, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So like it's when I'm going to watch these films, I want to sit down and watch them and absorb them and, and take in everything. And um, you know, and that's, that's a sign of a good, a well-made film. Uh, it means it's important to you, right. When you're going to get around to it. So um, it, it, it becomes, it, it it was an event. They were event films at the time, and they still feel like event films to me. Right, like they're a big deal still. Like they're still even like the the Hobbit films and the new series. You know, hasn't didn't seem to ruin quote unquote Lord of the Rings. I know there was some squawking, but I haven't seen too many arguments that it's they've ruined. "Quote unquote" again. Well, there are, Lord of the Rings. There are, of course, the fringe people. There's there a fringe, but I don't feel like it's as loud as like you know Disney ruined Star Wars crowd. I feel like that crowd is louder and bigger. There are people accusing it of, of being woke. For, oh no, they're there. No, no, I remember, especially with the last series came out. Right, I, I yeah. there was lots of you know people were pretty upset about it. But, but look at this film. Look at look at the look at the I'm no man line in in this film, right? And and look how old this film is. Uh so like if you're a fan of this film, 
you uh you've already bought into some of that i'm sorry to say folks well i mean yeah i don't know i you know well that's but i mean again but again though there's source material though right yep like that's the thing star wars does not have source material yep just the just the things just the ips he borrowed from yep um so there are there's source material here so like he you know it's it won for adapted screenplay so i mean you know this these things were already in play so yeah it's like if you have a problem with the new stuff because maybe a woman feel felt overpowered then i then yeah well you you might want to like take a look in the mirror right you're like you're like yeah exactly exactly what you're saying yeah um so yeah it's uh it holds up. They feel it like I just it 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 the yeah. I don't know. It's like I don't know what like it's. It just feels like uh uh things that are gonna. I I don't know if we'll get a trilogy again like this. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Until until you know enough time has passed that they can make another Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like and well, use, I just I use the source material again. But yeah. Like um. <clears throat> You know, um, Tolkien's son came out and and said he was very disappointed in these films because uh, they focused too much on the action and turned them into action movies. And sure, the, and the books really don't don't really do that. They, you know, they have descriptions of well, there's uh, chapters of just them walking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have descriptions of the actions, but but they don't have like swing by swing depictions of the action that take up like you know pages and pages right like yep. um like the movies portray them so um uh you know i i maybe you could see uh somebody trying to even do something even more faithful to the books that peter jackson did uh and still technically as good or you know in the future hopefully we'll be capable of doing even better technically but uh i can't imagine anybody living up to this um outdoing it and i don't i don't know what else could could live up to it like like you were saying like these are done so well i couldn't i couldn't imagine uh somebody redoing that and 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 really yeah if 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 they're gonna they're gonna do it with harry potter though if their improvement angle is just to make it longer <laughs> which is what he's talking about yeah. right like really he's talking like he's saying because that's what he, you know he, jackson trimmed it right because yeah. the the book if you were to make it again i'm like i wasn't I'm probably not far off like it would be 24 hours long yeah um if you included all those others all the other things in it right like yeah. the, the walking and the singing and the camping and like the bombardier stuff and like there's so much shit that like they just oh, you know bombadil the jet um when i say bombardier you said bombardier yeah yeah yeah. um that jackson just had to trim and make more for hollywood and more palatable for an audience right and then of course it has to be two to three hours long right so just so the studios will go off on it but Mm um yeah if your complaint is that it you know it leaves too much out or focus too much in the action then what you're talking about is just making a longer lord of the rings film right in which case it should just be a series, which is you know what they've sort of tried and folks didn't didn't like it. Um, the first one, I, of course, I know it takes place at a different time, but uh, so I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know, I don't think, I don't think there's an appetite for another trilogy in the theaters. I think maybe a series or something, but I don't think there's an appetite um, for a trilogy, um, especially after the Hobbit. Um, yeah. <clears throat> 
you know, was and obviously it's a whole other story. Yeah. Kind of sad uh, to me. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, and especially because it was him again, right? Yeah. Like you're like, if anyone gets it, it should be him. Yeah, but he not, was, it, but you know, the, the history of that is so different. Like he was he was really contractually forced into yeah. making those movies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I don't I don't see this the likes of something like this happening again. I really don't. Not yeah. not with this type of source material, not with this um love for the original work. Mm-hmm. Um obviously just the climate has changed as far as movie going is in theaters and yada yada yada. But I, I just I I don't I don't like for all three to be nominated for best picture to make as much money as it did. Mm-hmm. To sweep the award, like I just yeah. to be to be critically and commercially like wildly successful, mm-hmm. you like you get one offs like Black Panther won or was not or Best Picture or nominated or whatever and made a billion dollars, but that's one movie, right, right, and that's with this whole machine around it, right, right, like you know Endgame made a ton of money, but you know it isn't winning too many awards. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just don't I don't think it's ever gonna happen again. I think you're right. Yeah, I really don't. And uh, you know, I think that was just peak. It was the early aughts. It's just peak people still going to the movie time. And and this I, funny, yeah, because I mean this predates, I mean, you know, Iron Man wasn't for five more years, right? Like it's uh Avatar it's, Avatar fans may I argue with you uh on this particular point. But... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Especially with it, two with two more Avatar movies. Sh- the, I know, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, I won't have an argument against the total dollar amount, obviously. Right. But I but mean, some some people think they're good too. No, no, for sure. But like that doesn't have the source material. Yep, it doesn't. Those movies are fucking ten years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think there's an argument to be made. Like, it, it, I don't even like. I think there has to be some consideration. The next for... one's coming out soon. I think he's yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I, I don't even want to call it a trilogy. No. I guess it will be a series he's if they doing four, four, four. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. That's different. That's almost its own category. Avatar is almost its own thing to me. But mm-hmm. um... Harry Potter, Harry Potter is about to redo their series, even though it's very similar. You know, I think that some of those came out after these movies and just as popular. Yeah. Um, and the actors still young and vital and 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 working and in people's zeitgeist still. So it's a very controversial thing they're doing with that IP. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. There's something about. Yeah. I mean, there's something about the trilogy, though, right? Obviously, yep. you know, three yep. act, three act play, three act structure. It's just it's a natural. It's, it's a natural you know, storytelling mechanism, right? Like yep. it's, it's, it, I just, I feel like that's it. I think we're for done. Sure. Yeah. With trilogies for sure. And then semi I mean, star Wars tried obviously and, and failed um, with, with uh, two more trilogies since the original mm-hmm. um, made a lot of money, of course, but you know, left a lot of people uh, oh, feeling, God. feeling that super stoked um, about the uh, product. But um so whatever magic they captured, uh, they just they weren't able to recapture it. Um, and I, so I think things like this are are event. I think are, they're called event films for a reason, and I think they're lightning in a bottle. And I just don't think this will happen again. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, right. but the fact is, we have them to enjoy, and we can watch yes. them whenever we want. And I uh, will always um, watch and enjoy these films. I think. There you go. I think that's a please rewind. Yep. Yeah.
Please buy a four to turn the king over the from Steve. Um, anything you want to add then, or are you nope. wrapped up? Nope, I'm good. Yeah, I've talked enough. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, I'll be quick then, because you know we, we probably should wrap up soon. Um, but so, yeah, I'm fully with you here. Uh, and what a pleasure this episode has been. Uh, I, you know, maybe maybe it's a gimme that when we picked the category of um, best picture uh, winners that we were going to get great movies, uh, regardless. But um, uh, to... oh, sorry, let me say real quickly, I was li- yep. I'm a little disappointed with the with the group. Yeah. Um, I'm like I I I mean a little obvious. Uh, you're right. I mean, yeah, they're predictable. It's obvious, but but I just like I don't know. People, come on, like fuck. <laughs> like there's a hundred some years of films out there there's some i don't know there's some really great films most right? recent ones yeah yeah i'm just like come on anyways uh but no these were these were these were great rewatches uh so uh thank you audience anyway uh, we were hoping i guess to watch something that was a little more obscure or that it had been a little bit farther in our memories or something like that but uh, i i i don't think i'd watch it i think this was the only two of the list that i have actually seen to be honest, I, so. I don't know. I'm I, I think what I'm mostly I think I'm just realizing that maybe, you know, this is me just like I'm a cinephile and not yeah. everybody's a cinephile. That's true, too. That's true, too. So, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I love this movie. Um, I, I, I forgot how great it was, actually. Um, I have a weird relationship with Lord of the Rings. I did read the books uh, in elementary school, grade seven and eight. It took me two years to get through all three. It was a very slow read for me. And I didn't love it. I kept waiting for it to get good. And I kept kind of forcing my way through it. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm i not going to say I didn't enjoy reading them, but um, not my favorite stories um, to read. And um, yeah, I did want great movies and I got great movies. But for some reason, still not my most enjoyed movies to watch. Like I, I do feel like I, I get pulled out of them, disconnected from them. Um, I, I, the pacing of them, it's like the books. Like I, I feel like they're very similar to the books. I feel like they're a great uh, adaptation because they can be boring at times. And um, I'm sorry, dude. So yeah, they feel a bit like a bit of a chore to you. Um, but 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 uh, but still. Um, uh when you get to great great battles like like the one in this one uh just amazing just amazing that and you don't love the oliphant scene you you feel like the the visuals fall apart in that scene it didn't really it didn't really uh, i didn't pull me out it didn't pull me out like i i do i do feel like those were the weakest visual parts but um not bad enough to pull me out like still better than some of the stuff that's been released recently like the flash like um still uh great i think um a uh, couple fun things uh liam neeson uh turned down the role of ergon uh ethan hawk uh original not ergon sorry liam neeson turned down boromir um ethan hawk was supposed to play farmir originally um and uh i don't know uh Peter Jackson Ethan went Hawk on. would have been a great Farmer. <laughs> Ethan Hawk would have been a great. I don't know. <laughs> I love the Boromir and Farmer we got. The Farmer we got reminds me of like the singer of like a an English metal band. Like he's so like I don't know legit. It feels to me, but um, yeah. And well, he's in Three Hundred too. If you remember, if I remember that movie, but uh, the death of Denethor. The Denethor Farmir story is so oh man, so many great things in this movie 
from these books that are so great and so loaded with stuff. I think the reason I, I have trouble with the books and the movies is because they weren't even originally written to be books or movies. They were originally written to be like, uh, like they were like magazine articles that were released monthly over years. And then they were originally, then they were eventually compiled into books in the sixties, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you make a compromise there because you, as an audience member, this isn't written for the format, but it's so great. And there's so much there, so much to love that it, that it, it, it holds you in anyway. So mm. it's just the nature of the original product coming through in these great adaptations. So I'm just, I'm basically finding long ways to say it's a great adaptation. It's a great film. And, um, you know, I remember living through this time in film history and what an accomplishment it was. Um, he felt like he filmed all these three. The main filming was done all together, right? Yep. As, yep. as one, yep. one, one long thing. Yep. And then, you know, he edits out the first movie and, you know, probably adds a bunch of stuff. And then he edits out the second movie and adds a bunch. By the time he gets to this movie, I felt like it kind of suffered from that a bit because that opening scene with the origin story of Gollum, you could tell that was new. Um, that like that was filmed like after the first and second movies, right? They were not with the original batch of filming. And I felt like I could start to see the seams between what was filmed with the original block of three films and then what was decided was needed later on and then filmed later on and added in because so much time had passed between that original block of filming and that third film, like the way they did everything probably changed improved but um you know i felt like you could tell um and uh it, it suffers a little bit visually there in that way for me but anyway i'm going on too long and i'm not saying anything new really so i will just go ahead and well no like these these are books like with the appendices and everything. like it's it's so there's so much shit you can get into right yeah like and there are clear chapters like i enjoyed the houses of the healing chapter in return of the king um, which was completely omitted. So, right. like, if people don't know what that is, that's like if you're wondering why Aowen and Boromir are like, you know, holding hands at the end. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, you wouldn't know why. Um, but there's, you know, two whole chapters with that. But um, you know, that's like it just it's cut for time or just like listen, I it just you can't the way do it all. You can't do it all. Um, but like, yeah, these are the type of you know books and and source material that like it just goes on and on and on and on and on, and it's of course thousands of years stretched across thousands of years like the original stuff not these films mm -hmm. um but like why there's so many references and and you know like even you know the literally the ground they walk on right is 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 dated with with you know uh the second first and second age yeah um of stuff that happened before all these folks and you know there's there's a lot of rich great stuff there to lean into and mm -hmm. um but um he had to do what he had to do and um yeah, it's uh, like I said, this this film, it, it had to end and, and it just it just but it keeps it ends and then it ends again and then it ends again and then it ends again and then it ends again. Like, and you like, like the book, you like the book for sure. And and even though they, they left out the um, the battle of. Uh, um, what's uh, the Shire battle of the Shire. Right. Uh, when they come, remember when they come in the book, when they come back, there's uh, what's it? Worm tongue and them are there, and they got right. they have to fight one last time. But uh, right. they just cut all that out. But um, so it uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's but like I said, it's just it's it's so well made, and and because I know the books, so like my brain is able to like just you know compensate for the stuff that's not in it, right? Um, mm -hmm. And if you haven't read the books, then you wouldn't know any better, so maybe it doesn't matter. Um, but I just yeah, like I said, I keep leaning into so much of the human elements, and it just it still makes the relationship such, of Frodo yeah, and Sam, right? Um, even though I like there, you know, we make everyone makes fun of them now. Like I, well, not everyone, but I do. Um, and Sam is just a big stupid crybaby, and um, you know, it's just it, it, there's he's, so many. Yeah, it's he's a badass crybaby by the end of this movie. He's a heroic crybaby by the end of this movie, and uh, the relationship between Frodo and Sam really moves me by the end of this movie. It's it, I I really do, I really do feel it. Um. Yeah, and that's and they're and that, that's the thing about why you know why I would recommend reading the books and the appendices because they're reunited, right? Like everyone yes. who who every ring bearer has to go, you know, sail east, right? Yes. So Sam eventually does too. But um, um, well, the relationships are great. I like you know I like the you know the Aowen or not Aowen, um Arwen Aragorn. You know I love that. Yes. I, yes. That's so great, and their history is amazing. Like read the books just. For them as teenagers when they first meet, right? Like that's a, a YA be awesome shit, right? That yes, would be great. Yes, yes. Um, Aragorn's stuff is great. His early stuff, right? Him, you know, being raised by the elves. But mm -hmm. and then and then again, the Aowen stuff with him makes no it looks ridiculous because they've you know cut out all the the, the stuff that were explained it a bit better. But um right. yeah, I don't know, man. I it's uh you know, yeah, sorry, finish up, but yeah, I think we no, both yeah, it's I think okay, we, yeah. I am gonna choose you one this of course. It's an all-timer yeah. for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. All right. And um and, and what a, you know, yeah. I spent between these two movies and Killers of the Flower movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, I spent ten hours watching movies this week. <laughs> <laughs> um well, so I've, yeah, that's as a it. cinephile, I've that's, had quite a week. That's me every week, but yeah, it's, no, not, it's I, constant. Not me. I know that's hard with yeah. With my two big, little ones, and yeah, my yeah. my burgeoning career. You know, I'm a young aspiring career professional. Yeah, um, it's true. Um, yeah, I'm either at home watching movies, or I'm even when I'm at work, I'm on YouTube, like watching the making of movies. So I'm always watching. But uh, um, so for next time, we've I had a request for Braveheart, mm. um, which of course won Best Picture in 1995. So that will be on the yeah. poll. We'll see if you know it's one of my favorite movies. So. It's uh, we have, uh, you know, we'll see if it gets voted in or not. But if it does, you and I have a lot to talk about Braveheart. For sure. Um, and I thought, okay, you know, do I do the ten year thing for the next poll, or Jared, do I do problematic directors? Ooh. And there's a few. There's there definitely are. there's enough for a poll, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between Woody Allen and him and. You know Roman Polanski. Polanski, I'm gonna throw probably Clint Eastwood in there, who's just like Tarantino, a right a right probably. a right wing gun nut. Um there's enough for a for a poll, anyways. But uh Tarantino with the N bombs. Tarantino also just like with the way he treated Uma Thurman and women mm -hmm. on set. And mm -hmm. no, there's um but the thing Uma though, Thurman uh turned down Galadriel. Did you know that? Uh I did know that actually. Mm -hmm. Um of course the problem though with Tarantino is he's never won Best Picture. So interesting we won't, he won't, he won't final film won't he won't be, be on the poll but uh, uh i wonder if he will get sort of a, a sympathy thing but um anyway so braveheart will be in the next poll and then i'll pick five more but if it's problem directors then we'll see but um 
Uh, yeah, lots to talk about with Braveheart. Well, you know what? You could put Braveheart on the problem directors list. That's Mel Gibson directed that. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if I do, okay. if Braveheart's in the next poll because Mel suggested it, so I will... I just got it. Thank you. Yes, Great. yes. Um, but like other ones that won Best Picture, I mean, you've got uh, Woody Allen, Clint Eastwood, Polanski. Um, uh, I have to look at the list again. But um, Spikely, uh, never won Best Picture. No, no. Wow. Um, I know. Shocking. He should have for uh, Do the Right Thing. But um, even um, uh, Braveheart went up against Apollo 13, Babe, The Postman, that Italian film, and Sense and Sensibility. Mm. So, yeah, kind of makes sense, I guess. But uh, we'll see. Anyways, that's look forward to that poll uh, for next time. Do it. And, uh, well, I guess let's wrap up. Thank you for listening. Uh, I guess we're ready to say, um, unless you have anything else you want to talk about uh, nope. for episode 11 of Please Rewind. Uh, please, uh, you know what? Like the show, uh, subscribe, comment, uh, leave us, uh, send us some questions. Uh, send us your suggestions for movies or topics or anything uh, you want to hear us talk about on the show. Yeah, we got to fill. I got to refill, refill the library here. So I'll put a, a just a general thing here soon about folks just just start dropping more movies in the chat and and uh, you know we'll, we'll, we'll I want to look at doing a lot of sort of anniversaries this year. So one that you mentioned that will, is coming up in May is Sixteen Candles fortieth anniversary. Mm. So we'll do yeah. a John we'll do a John Hughes uh, special. Yeah, um, I'm st- I've been totally into the writing of John Hughes again lately, and mm-hmm. uh, would love to would love to. Sixteen Candles would be a great film to review. I hope we I hope somebody. Uh, well, that's that yeah. It's a thing, you know. He's he's done a lot of stuff that people not even realize. So we'll 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 I'll, I'll put up six John Hughes films. Right on, right on, and uh, we'll see what uh, the masses say. Sounds good. Okay, brother. Well, that's uh, going to be a wrap then for episode eleven. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Steve, for another great uh, conversation. And uh, bye, bye, bye for now. Ooh, no, no, no.